shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support because we know you have people depending on you so you can always depend on us. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, this is Sam with Wrestling Overtime, and this is your Impact Wrestling results and thoughts for February 16th, 2021. <clears throat> Now, this week, Impact Wrestling debuted what they're calling BTI. Really interesting to me that it's a lot like BTE, you know, being the elite. But this is BTI, which is before the impact. And... um it kicked off. It wasn't a bad show. Um, I think I was expecting it to be a little more reality based, uh, as far as interviews with the talent. And they were talking about be- behind the scenes, uh, shows or, um, scenes or, or whatever you want to call it. And, they were pretty scripted. Um, they did have a match during it, and they're saying that they're going to have exclusive matches. It was uh, Decay, which was Black Taurus, Black Taurus, and uh, Crazy Steve, and of course they had Rosemary with them. And they defeated Triple XL in uh, a tag team set up where Crazy Steve actually hit a Tornado DDT on Larry D for the win. And I had never seen um, Crazy Steve do some of the maneuvers that he's done. He was real impressive in this. Black Taurus, I don't know what to think of him. That mask with those horns I think every time he gets hit in the face I quit watching the match and immediately start thinking did that hurt him more or did that hurt the person hitting him more especially if he lands on them wrong and gets those horns in them I know they're not solid I know that they're probably some kind of plastic or whatever But you've got to realize that in order for him to stand up and not fall over or anything, it can't be a soft plastic. So, again, I still think, huh, does that bother the wrestler that um, 
gets those, or does it bother him? And that kind of just takes me out of the match. <clears throat> when he originally came out, I thought it was um, just going to be like a almost a decorative mask, kind of like Eric Young's mask. But no, he he doesn't take it off. So um, just don't know what to think of him yet. Um, however, after BTI. They went to commercial. <clears throat> they come back to actual Impact Wrestling start. They show what happened this weekend at um, No Surrender and how the Tommy Dreamer Rich Swan match ended. They show a little bit of each match, but, I mean, that's basically what they wanted to show. You see the opening of Impact Wrestling, and we started off this week in the ring. And when I saw who it was, I was so excited. Because at... This weekend at No Surrender, they had the Triple Threat Revolver match, which I had never seen one. I'm assuming it is the first of its kind. I'm not 100% sure. You guys, if you know, write me wrestlingovertime at gmail.com. You know I get into things like that. But, you know, it came down to the final three. I, I predicted the final three correctly. It was Ace Austin and Trey Miguel and Josh Alexander. I was picking picking Trey Miguel to win. I thought with him coming back to Impact Wrestling that they would give him that opportunity. But Josh Alexander pulled out the win, which was fine with me. You know why? Because we got the match that started off the show tonight. It was Josh Alexander versus TJP. Two of what I consider the best wrestlers in Impact Wrestling. They put on a show. It was an unbelievable match. Um, I we're, we're halfway through the week. At, well, we're not even halfway through the week. And I'm going to tell you that's probably the match of the week. Um, they both sell well. They both submit do submission moves well they both counter well um tjp can take it to the air and do things pound for pound tjp may be one of the top three wrestlers in the world right now and and no he doesn't get the fame and the notoriety and and they don't want to, you know, make him into a star. WWE had that opportunity and just blew it, basically, by throwing him on 205 and letting him basically rot there. Um, he is on MLW, he is on Impact Wrestling, and he's on New Japan Strong, and he goes to actual New Japan and AAA down in Mexico. Not to mention that 
you know, he was on the Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series this summer, or I should say this fall in September, and does some indie programs. He may be the hardest working wrestler around, and you can tell he gets his work in. I absolutely love this. Uh, from the octopus stretch to the springboard with Josh Alexander catching him out of it and doing a backbreaker to, uh, TJP trying the arm breaker with Josh, um, ended up wrapping his leg around TJP to break it and TJP then scissored into his midsection and Josh countered that with TJP's own move the modified surfboard i mean action was just boom 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 you know there are some matches especially in a certain company that's one two and three times a week that they're so slow i can write down every single move and not really miss a move not have to stop not not have to rewind i put down my notes for this match and literally just said there's no way I can keep up I'm not stopping it and rewinding it because I want to watch it now there were a couple times I had to stop and rewind it just so I could see how they transitioned each other it was unbelievable and I'm just going to be real honest with you just because I had watched um, Sasha Banks's Untold, and then I had watched uh, part they had released some snippets of her Broken Skull sessions with Steve Austin, I immediately after that that match I stopped it and I tweeted not only Sasha Banks but Bailey. And because I know they're students of the business, I know Sasha Banks has always said that from the time she was a teenager, she watched New Japan. She watched uh, AAA. She even watched some Canadian wrestling and everything. I know she is a student of the business. And while Bailey, as she was growing up, watched a lot of WWE um as she got older she also found many different styles of wrestling I know when she got to Shimmer and she met Serena Deeb she was introduced to a lot of different stuff too and I immediately tweeted them I know that they don't respond I don't want them to respond because all that does is stir people up I just hope they read it And I hope they do what I ask as far as they took the time to watch this. Because TJP and Josh Alexander have chemistry just like Bailey and Sasha Banks do. They're got a lot of the same movesets as far as TJP can go on the rope, do the mama splash. Sasha can do the same thing with the frog splash. Bailey, more ground, just like Josh Alexander. 
um, does some submissions, does some counter moves. I was watching a old Bailey match two days ago, three days ago. It um, was one of the takeover matches. I want to say Rebellion or something like that. I told you guys I missed a lot of the first takeovers that they were putting on because I really wasn't into NXT at that time. So I'm going back and and watching different ones. And Bailey did a, a submission move then that is a lot sim- similar to Deanna Perrazzo's Venus de Milo right now. And it immediately got me thinking, oh, she would be awesome at submissions and counters. And then, you know, two nights later, here I am watching TJP and Josh Alexander, and that was my immediate thought was, oh, my God, they need to watch this match. If these two could put these submissions and these counters and and I'm I'm not saying they need to learn them they probably already know them but if they would put the transition with their chemistry they would knock the house down um TJP and and like I said Josh Alexander just you know made my night basically um I loved TJP's pump handle suplex into the detonation kick for the win. And he got to keep his X Division champion. Um, then they transitioned backstage to where Tommy Dreamer is coming out of Scott DeMore's office. And he reveals that he that Rich Swan is not there due to being hurt. And Tommy Dreamer tonight, old school rules, match against Moose in order to get back at Moose for ruining their moment, ruining Rich Swan's moment. And I don't necessarily agree. I don't think, I thought that was great that Moose did that. Um, it continued the storyline. I don't really want to see Tommy Dreamer moves, and I definitely don't want to see old school rules. And I think I explained that with results and thoughts of the pay-per-view, that I understand why Tommy Dreamer wants to do a lot of the hardcore matches. Number one, that's what he's known for, but number two, it doesn't take as much toll on his body, and he doesn't have to do a lot of the the different movesets and transitions and and things that um, cause him, his cardio, to not be as good and that he doesn't blow up in the ring. Well, I have no desire to see this match because in reality, if this match were to happen, Moose would destroy him. Uh, picking up a crowbar, picking up a chair, uh, you know, picking up a ring post and battering Tommy Dreamer with it. So to me, it's even though I love being in the wrestling bubble, even I don't go that far in that I think for one second Tommy Dreamer is going to get the best of Moose in this kind of battle. 
Now, they come back from commercial break, and um, we see Brian Myers pay off Hernandez for being his tag team partner and for beating Eddie Edwards and um, Matt Cardona on Saturday night. And then Hernandez reminds him he needs to get paid half up front for the match against Matt Cardona tonight. And as I think of that match, you know, do I want to see that match? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, Hernandez, to me, will always be old school LAX. And I know how tough he is. I know the moves he used to be able to do and still can do most of the time. I want to see Matt Cardona. Um, he wasn't used much in WWE. You got to see him some in AEW, but not as much as I wanted to in a match situation. So I'm glad that he's shown up now. I think it's this will be his fourth time, and in four times he's had... Well, no, this is his fifth time, and in five times he's had three matches. So I, I'm i enjoying that. I'm enjoying, finally, him getting back in to the swing of things. For match two, we get, we get a fatal four-way, and this, originally, when they were first introduced, I didn't hear the fatal four-way. I heard, um... We were that they introduced um, Willie Mack, and then the next person out was Davari, and I was like, I don't want to see this. Well, then Suicide came out, and I was like, What is going on? And then Trey Miguel come out, and so basically, this was just a show off match for Trey Miguel. I mean, in all reality. Um, I know that Davari is supposed to be a bad, um, character that can control, uh, people, he, that he's supposed to be powerful, I guess. He's not in Impact Wrestling, and in Impact Wrestling, I feel like they portray him as a jobber. Um, he loses constantly um in mlw he's got a little bit different character as far as contra my problem is i don't believe him in either one i don't think he's authentic i i don't know i just don't like him um i don't like his wrestling style and i definitely don't like his character gimmick Willie Mack used to be someone that they pushed. Um, now I don't think he has the cardio. Now I don't know that he is really in shape enough to even contend for the X Division Championship or the Heavyweight Championship. And suicide. He's suicide, you know. Um... And he was pretty good, actually, you know, this particular match. And you knew he was probably going to take the loss. I want to know how many losses the Suicide character actually has. But um, 
Trey Miguel, like I said, this was kind of a show-off match for him. He hit the jawbreaker on Willie Mack. A little bit disappointed that, I believe it was Davari threw him outside. He stood outside for, I don't know, four or five minutes, and that was kind of ridiculous. They should have had Trey Miguel involved in this match pretty much all the time. He ended up winning. Like I said, he got the win over Suicide, and you kind of knew that that was what was going to happen. But here is the reason why he won. They show us right after the match. Trey immediately walks backstage, and as he walks through the double doors, he hears someone slow clapping for him. And Trey has an idea of who it is. You can see it on his face because he doesn't even turn around. And it's Sammy Callahan. We we can see him. And he starts speaking. And talking about how that's typical. Trey Miguel in a fatal four-way with three other people who can't compete with him. Who do not have his talent. Who do not have his ability, then he shows off. He is the Wonder Boy. He is the one that everyone wants to see to win a championship. However, this past Saturday night in the Triple Threat Revolver match, when he was up against it, he had pressure. He had people that could compete against him. He crawled in a hole. And... You see Trey kind of turn his head, and he can look a little bit at Sammy, and I thought that was a nice touch. And you see Sammy step up, and his beard, or his scruff of his goatee, almost touches Trey Miguel as he gets close, and he says, it's because you have no passion. And... You see Trey Miguel grimace. And you see the look on his face that flashes there as Sammy walks off of I do and I'm going to show him. And then as Trey Miguel goes to walk off, you see the flash of wait a minute, do I? And so I thought that well, that showed a lot of maturity. Alex Trey Miguel, he never said a word, but you could see that Sammy had gotten to him. And I really uh, am interested in this storyline and seeing where this goes. Then, of course, we see TJP sitting in Scott Demore's office as... Ace Austin walks in. Ace Austin, of course, says that they are in there trying to screw him over to figure out a way uh, to mess up him getting an X Division title shot, getting a rematch. And TJP makes a joke, and it almost wasn't caught by me because he says it so low. 
He says, no, we only do that to reheat Rajiv. Luckily, Ace Austin repeats, I don't believe you guys do that to reheat Rajiv. And so, therefore, I caught it. But I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Scott DeMore decides that next week there's going to be a six-man tag. It's going to be three men on each side that will compete for the next X Division Championship. Whichever team wins, then those three will then compete in a triple threat match the following week. And the winner of the triple threat match will then take one TJP. They will then be the number one contender. Well, I don't think that's a fair way of deciding a number one contender. Um, But it's Impact Wrestling, so we'll go from there. Match three, of course, is Hernandez versus Matt Cardona, and Brian Myers comes out. I like how um, Hernandez shows his pyre from the get-go. They do a normal pyre lockup to start off to show, you know, that it's 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 an actual match and everything. And um, he shows his pyre by immediately throwing Matt Cardona down, slams him down. Um, and so, you know, he sets the tone. And Matt Cardona knows he's kind of going to be in for it, especially after he gets up and Hernandez puts him back down with a shoulder, shoulder tackle. I mean, it was pretty obvious. And then we saw Matt Cardona go for radio silence, but Hernandez ends up popping him up and kicking him. And I thought then, because they went to commercial break in the middle of this match, are they going to let Matt Cardona lose again? Because they lost on Saturday, Eddie Edwards and, and Matt Cardona, to Hernandez and Brian Myers. And I thought, if they do, that's going to ruin his character. I know he didn't sign a long-term contract, but it's still going to ruin his character. But we come back from commercial break, and Cardona has made his comeback. We've It's almost like we've missed it. And he hits the missile drop kick, and then he hits radio silence and uh, pins him for the win. Now, Gina gets in the ring to interview Matt, and he talks about how He's been around for about 18 years, but he's not here to pass the torch. He's here to get his career back. And Brian Myers comes in and interrupts, and Matt Cardona makes a snide comment. Oh, here comes bad mood Brian. 
Maya says, you know, why did you have to come here? I came here first. I I don't understand, you know, what's going on. Matt Cardona is real and says, I don't understand what's going on here. Everybody knows we're friends outside of this. They know we do a podcast together and everything, but I come here and you're after me and I don't I don't get it. But as he says that, Hernandez, of course, attacks him from behind. And then we see Eddie Edwards come to Matt Cardona's rescue. And so I would like to know what the deal is. Um, I don't listen to their podcast. I don't get into action figures. So I I don't listen to that podcast. So I'm not sure what's happening on it. I guess um, I need to read some synopsis or or something maybe to get up to speed on it. I don't know. But I like that we came back from commercial and we get our AEW commercial. We see uh, Tony Schiavone holding his Valentine's Day balloons, and he's got his Valentine's Day heart sunglasses on, and we see Tony Khan, he's calling himself the Forbidden Door now, and he is basically acting crazy. Um, Shivani asks him, you know, did you get anything for Valentine's Day? And he says, no, but I give. I, I I gave all kinds of things away for Valentine's Day. Matter of fact, one of the things I gave, I gave to Impact Wrestling. I gave them money based on these paid ads. And he is hilarious. He talks about how Impact Wrestling has helped him so much open up himself, open up the forbidden door. And he <clears throat> gets uh, Tony Schiavone to run down Wednesday night's card on AEW and talk about how anyone can show up at any time in AEW, that they're more than welcome. And then he asks Tony Schiavone, what is your favorite movie? Shivani says, Godfather. So, Khan then says, well, who is your favorite character? And he says, Michael Corlon. And Tony Khan, because they've announced the main event is the Butcher of the Blade, um, Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley, Ray Phoenix, and Lance Archer. He says that he thinks of Eddie Kingston as Michael Corlon in The Godfather and that he needs to make sure he keeps his family together. And then he says, oh, yeah, I have a Valentine's Day present for Kenny Omega tomorrow. Make sure that you're tuning in. And so that has me intrigued. What kind of match is Tony Khan going to make that Don Callis and Kenny Omega don't know about? 
we then get Nevaeh and Havoc in the hallway. Nevaeh is questioning whether or not she's holding Havoc back, that she's lost. She lost on Saturday night. She feels like she caused the loss and wonders if they should even be a, a tag team. Of course, Tennille and Caleb with a K overheard this because it was out in the hallway, and Tennille offers to then be Havoc's partner. Havoc is making faces because I don't really think that Tennille and Havoc would get along. However, I guess Tennille thinks that they would. But she challenges Nevaeh to a match and says that, you know, Whoever wins, if if Tennille wins, then then she should be able to be Havoc's partner. Nevaeh then turns to Havoc and says, "You know, I have to handle this alone. I don't I don't want you out there having my back or anything." Then, um, match four, we get Reno Scum versus Finn Juice. Um, I had saw the commercials for this, obviously, during No Surrender and was looking forward to it. Ever since I saw Juice Robinson against John Moxley two years ago, I guess, he was John Moxley's first match out of WWE. And then, of course, uh, Juice Robinson has been a tag team partner of David Finley for, I don't know, a couple years now, three years now. Two and a half years. And they've actually won the IWGP Tag Team Championships. And have gotten to watch them. How they work together. They are constant motion. Um, they are constantly tagging each other in and out. Doing double team moves. But when they are in their wrestling singles wise. They're in constant motion. And so I love watching them now this match with reno scum kind of left a little bit to be desired for the simple fact reno scum could not keep up with them and i don't know whether they had went over the match before i have a funny feeling that finn juice was calling it as they went because reno scum wasn't picking up on it I don't think quick enough because it seemed like Finn Juice would already be there ready to do their move or in the process of doing their move before Reno Scum would be ready. So it kind of seemed a little herky-jerky to me. But um, for those of you who don't know or haven't watched New Japan Wrestling, David Finley is Fit Finley from WWE Wrestling. Um, it is his son, and he, and, and well, b- both him and Juice Robinson are pretty unbelievable. I, I was really excited that they were at um, Impact Wrestling and that they were taking on some team. Didn't really like them getting the win over Reno Scum, just for the simple fact Reno Scum not that big of a deal. However, immediately after the match, we hear the Good Brothers music. Um, and they come out. 
immediately calling Finjuice the boys. And so I do wonder, because this happened on AEW, they're still using the term young boy in New Japan Strong and on New Japan. So I don't know if it's American TV that thinks this term is not correct, not politically correct, or exactly what. Uh, Because like I said, they, Miro was calling Chucky T a young boy, and then the very next week he was a butler. Well, the Good Brothers make reference to them being young and then start calling them the boys. And if you know anything about Juice Robinson or David Finley in New Japan Wrestling, they were young boys to the Good Brothers. They carried their bags. um, They got them food. They took care of them when they were on the road. They drove uh, when they had to um, rent cars or anything in Japan. Then Juice Robinson and David Finley drove the Good Brothers around and everything. So they were referring to that. Um, And they said, you know, they love how the boys come in to pop the territory. And Carl Anderson immediately talked about the tag team titles and having um, won and and been a part of the 2012 tournament and, and all of this. And they show Finley and Juice Robinson. And you see Juice Robinson kind of rolling his eyes and, and, and looking at Carl Anderson like, that was eight or nine years ago, and I don't even remember what was going on at that time. I don't think Juice Robinson was even in Japan in 2012. And so they remind them, they grab a mic, and they remind them that, look, this isn't two, two, uh, 2015 anymore, and we're not carrying your bags anymore. If you want to have some beers after tonight, then that's cool. We'll buy the first round, but you need to make sure that uh, Carl Anderson can't stay awake until after midnight. And I was like, <clears throat> excuse me, that was a good comeback. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is, is getting a little raspy. But uh, speaking of them going for drinks, they immediately transition to the bar that they've been showing for the last, I don't know, six weeks. And you see Raju and Shira are there, and Rahit is kind of insinuating that Shira didn't help him. And Shira takes offense to this and shoves Rahit. Well, when he does, he runs into Cowboy James Storm, who doesn't really like that. He offers him a chance to apologize, but Raheet says, you know, it wasn't his fault. So Cowboy James Storm 
hits him with a beer bottle, and Rahit goes down. Shira steps up. Well, Chris Saban comes over and says to Shira, you know, you might want to back down. Because Cowboy James Storm, bar fighting is kind of his thing. They know all the bouncers here. Storm always tips the bartender nicely. So this probably isn't a good thing. Well, about that time, Johnny Swinger, of course, comes over, interrupts. And he uh, invites them to come back to his makeshift casino that he's got going on where Johnny Bravo is the dealer. And we see James Storm um, not really understand who... Alicia Edwards is and thinks that she is a big rap artist and wants her to rap for him. Instead, you know, James Storm's raps and yeah, it's not real good. But we finally get match five, which is Tennille versus Nevaeh. And of course, Caleb with a K is out there. Um, this match. I hate to slam Tennille almost every time she's in a match. Nevaeh's, I feel like Nevaeh is great and needs work. Tennille supposedly has did the work, um, so I don't, I don't know. But I, I just felt this match was really slow, really boring. I had to fight myself because I had stopped it. Earlier in the TJP and uh, Josh Alexander uh, match and rewound it some. Obviously, I wasn't watching it live. And so I had to fight myself to fast, not to fast forward. It was boring. Uh, I was waiting for Caleb with a K to interfere. And that way, Tennille would win. But they decided to tell a completely different story as far as um, Tennille nailed Nevaeh with a back elbow and then hit a corner splash and did, they're calling it an Aussie drop kick, but who knows, um, and Pender. And I thought, okay, where is this this going? Are you have an actual women's tag team division. Are you really going to now break up one of your tag teams? So I don't know where that's going. Um, Tennille is not a tag person, so I don't know why they, they keep trying to put her into different tag teams. And they're telling this particular story. I don't know. I don't understand it. Um, it's a mystery to me. Then we get... To see Violent by Design do one of their quirky uh, promos, their weird promos that kind of make sense but yet don't. Uh, we see Diener actually do the promo this time, which I was happy about. I like Eric Young, but supposedly this is Diener's fight. They keep saying it's about family. 
yet Eric Young was the one talking. This time, though, Diener actually does the talking, and he says next week he is taking on Cousin Jake, Jake something, um, in a tables match, and that he wants to do it alone, and if he loses, then he'll suffer the consequences, and all through this promo, Eric Young is agreeing and repeating things that Diener says, so I hope that happens. I as far as Joe Durin, I still don't understand why he's there and what his place in Valent by Design is or anything like that. I I don't get him. We then come back from break and Susan is throwing a temper tantrum. And I don't know any other word to use for it. It's a temper tantrum about getting pinned by Jazz at No Surrender and how she wants to go to Scott Demore and take on Jazz. And Deanna Perrazzo says that she has an idea, and so she sucks up to Scott Demore, talking about how she's the champion and she doesn't ask for much and, and things like that. And so she wants Scott Demore to make a match of Kimberly and Susan for the knockout tag team titles with Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele. But Scott has other plans. He decides that, no, they probably should face Jazz and Jordan Grace next week to see who the number one contender is. Now, Deanna Prasso is not real excited about that, but, you know, she'll have to get over it. Uh, finally, we get to the main event. It's Moose versus Tommy Dreamer. It is basically everything that you don't want to see as far as um, trash cans, kendo sticks, um, Moose going after Tommy Dreamer's injured hand. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened. It was your basic Tommy Dreamer fight, oh, uh, hardcore fight. Moose showed off his pyre quite a bit, and Tommy Dreamer sold quite a bit. I mean, I don't know any other way to put this. Um, Moose hit the spear and got the pin, got the win. No one come out afterwards or anything. I think a lot of people were probably expecting Rich Swan to come out, but they said he wasn't there. He wasn't. Um, no one from AEW come out to mess with Moose or anything like that. And so it was just, you know, a typical normal ending. And I saw where a lot of people online were not really happy with that, but that's how it is normally with most shows. They need to not expect Impact to always have someone at the end come out, especially someone from AEW. So that's basically how it went. And like I said, it started off great match right out of the get-go as soon as they come on. And then it slowly kind of slid downhill. It wasn't a fast slide, 
but it was a slide and ending with Moose and Tommy Dreamer was awful. Uh, and that Tennille Nevaeh match was awful. But, you know, we did get a good match early. And if you turned it off early, then you won the night. So that's what it's about when it's Impact Night. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, as always, holler at me at wrestlingovertime at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Wrestling Overtime. Um, I look forward to talking to you guys soon, and I'll see you down the road. Holidays are here, and so is fashionable fitness. Gift yourself a Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 3 5G, a phone that folds in half to literally stand on its own. Pair it with the Galaxy Watch 4 for ultimate wellness and wow factor. Check health stats, flex personal records. Over 90 activities can be tracked, like biking, swimming, golfing, and more. Invest in yourself with tech made to crush goals. Holidays open up with Galaxy. Shop it all at Samsung.com. 5G connection and availability may vary. Check with Carrier. Products sold separately. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.